Oh, 28 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Episode 28, What's... Mitch and His Dad What's... podcast. I'm Mitch, and with me as always is Dad. How are you? There he is. I know we're starting rather late this uh, this week. Hanging in there. Yeah. So, uh, yesterday was Marilyn Monroe's birthday. Yeah, I know about that. Mm-hmm. I have many Marilyn Monroe memorabilia around my house. Mm-hmm. I'm looking right now at one of her famous shots. And of course, I got the die calendar. Of course. The famous thing that's worth five grand or so. Nice. Um, I also have a gift that Jenny gave me, which is the framed one-time stamp edition of Marilyn Monroe, and they issued some stamps with her picture. And I have the whole set of stamps with the blow-up picture of one of them in a frame. Hmm. Pretty nice thing all together. What I was going to say, what seems curious to me is uh, you were talking about the Marilyn Monroe stamps, and I've seen, uh, when I go to the post office, I see like the uh, the James Dean stamp. And, uh, I have those too. Yeah, don't they have like a Humphrey Bogart stamp? They have. Yeah, know, they got all. They got Mickey Mantle, uh, but they only. What it is is they only put them out one time. Right. Well, my point. They're is, not going to have like another Marilyn Monroe stamp. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not concerned about the rarity of the stamps. I'm literally thinking, who in this generation of actors and actresses would they ever consider, you know, putting in that high of a regard? I feel Brad like, Pitt. I don't know. Maybe. I guess they could. John Travolta. Uh, not anymore. Robert De Niro. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just. No, I guess. Bobby, you know, Bobby's going to get one. I, I guess what I'm saying is that I, I think that in our culture of like 24/7 paparazzi and uh, exposing everything that celebrities do, it it feels like they don't have any privacy anymore. There's no like mystery or details left out. Like we know way too much about them. And I feel like if you were to do that back in the James Dean, Humphrey Bogart, Marilyn Monroe, probably especially Marilyn Monroe, if you were to uncover her details of her day-to-day life, like they do today, it would be, she wouldn't be hailed the way she is. Like, I don't think that people would, like, parents don't care if their kid has a Marilyn Monroe photo up in their bedroom or something, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, she's, you know, good role model because she was a great actress and all this different stuff. But you're not going to see anybody doing that with, like, Paris Hilton or Lindsay Lohan or... No, well, I mean, Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley and people like that are, are beyond having people at that level. I mean, I think that's a whole nother level. You know, just just the just the work that Marilyn Monroe did and, and the fact that she died when she was so young and all the problems she had, being married to Joe DiMaggio, for crying out loud. Right. I mean, you know, it's just... Uh, I, when last time I was in New York, I searched around because we were very close to the location to find the grate that she stood over when she did the famous scene where her skirt blows up. And now it's just a grate in front of a bus stop. You know, people standing around eating hot dogs. Nobody knows that that's what it is except me, probably. I took a picture of it. (laughs) I thought there might be a plaque or something, you know, but no, it was nothing. Well, I mean, I, I don't I mean, were there people gathering even back then after she did it? 
going, this I don't, is the great. I have no idea. I don't know. I, it was a pretty big thing, I think. I mean, it's, it's iconic. I mean, I think everybody sort of remembers that. Um, yeah, I even have a little statue of her in that position where she's holding the skirt down as it blows up, type of thing. Right, and I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think, like, if Angelina Jolie's skirt lifted up today, would we, you know, I feel like oh. everybody would get involved and, oh, there's censorship and we need to, why are you putting this on television? Our kids can't, you know, like, why, you made a statue of this? You know, well, the thing about it is that sex is so much more flagrant in the media, whatever media that than it was back in the fifties. That uh, having a woman's skirt blow up is not that big a deal, but back then it was very risque and sensual and sexy and all of that. But it didn't seem like the public freaked out about it. I mean, on the one hand, you've got yeah, Elvis and his hips and stuff, but I think. Uh, Taking with the the over sexualization today, I feel like even things that are somewhat innocent get taken as sexual because it's on people's minds, or, or maybe not even innocent, but something that you know. It's not like she showed anything when she did that. She was holding her hands over everything and just kind of a cute moment or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like not, I don't really have a whole lot to this. I've just have this series of thoughts where I think about you know. Um, old Hollywood and the way that they talked about, uh, and the way they still talk about old Hollywood icons. And I'm like, I don't feel like we have that in this generation. I feel like it, and I blame it, like I said, on the paparazzi and the gossip rags and stuff that I don't feel like they had, certainly not to the level they have now. Well, I'm going to tell you something that just blew me away. I happened to be watching on a Saturday morning earlier. I noticed it was coming on Turner Classic Movies. And it was the original Tarzan movie with Johnny Weissmuller, where they where they discover Tarzan. They were, you know, they were out there in the jungle, and they find it was called Tarzan the Ape Man, which is, you know, you hearing me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing you. All right. Well, you wouldn't believe the nudity in this thing. I mean, I was like, what is this? It's almost like they showed things that they didn't show when the movie was originally shown because, you know, it was an old black and white movie. And, uh, but, uh, what's her name? Marino Sullivan, who was Mia Farrow's mother, okay. was Jane. Okay. And, uh, they end up, you know, he ends up saving her and then, and then keeping her up in his tree loft house thing. With uh, what's his name? The chimpanzee. Uh, oh, jeez, cheetah. Okay, cheetah right. the chimpanzee, and he teaches her how to do the ah thing and all that. But there's one part where they go swimming and they take their clothes off, and he has this little loincloth thing, but he keeps that on. But she takes off her clothes, and the film is underwater. And she's naked. I mean, you, you know, you can see everything. She's floating around, and I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm watching, I'm seeing this, wow. because that would that would have been totally condemned back when that movie was made. But I have a feeling that was stuff that was probably cut out that they put in, because I think I saw every Tarzan I'd ever made when Johnny Weissmuller was Tarzan, and I think that would have been the talk of the town. But uh, it just blew me away how much nudity there was in there. 
<clears throat> but Johnny Weissmuller was classic Tarzan. You know, he could hardly speak English. He talked animal talk, you know, cowabunga and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was an Olympic swimmer. I mean, the guy was a legitimate athlete. Uh, I mean, he won medals in the Olympics for swimming, so he was legitimate. But I think what was good was because he was not a good actor and probably they didn't want to give him a whole lot of lines, it played more to the character. You know what I mean? In other words, that's the way the character really was. Tarzan, you know, he wouldn't be real intelligent or educated or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the the fact that he spoke funny and seemed awkward when he was trying to talk to Jane and all of that looked like sort of bad acting, but it was actually, it made it more authentic, I think. Uh, it, it was really good. It was fun to watch. It's fun to watch those old Tarzan movies. I, I used to love Tarzan. And then, of course, when you go to the original Universal Studios tour there in Hollywood, they take you to the spot where most of his movies were filmed. <laughs> yes. And it's this little patch of bushes and woods and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> it was not exactly the middle of Africa, let's put it that way. Yeah, clearly not, no. They, uh, they but, didn't do a whole it, lot of location it, shooting back then. <laughs> Well, you know, California can be made to look like any place on Earth. You know, I mean, they got desert. They got, when they made Lawrence of Arabia, they went out there and they, what is that, the Sultan Sea where they have all the sand? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, about, yeah. they made it look like Saudi Arabia. You know, I mean, it was David Lean made, you know, that's an all-time classic movie, Lawrence of Arabia. But, uh you know, they can make any movie in Hollywood. They can make all the beach bingo movies, and they can make the mountain climbing movies. I mean, they, they, it was perfect for the Hollywood. I mean, that's what they, where they should have been, you know. I mean, right. it, if you know the history of it, however, it's sort of accidental that they ended up there, but it ended up being the best spot. Anyway, now, what I was wondering is, the first thing I want to do, and I, and I, and I might do this more often than I should, but I like to get updates on the dating scene over there. <laughs> Doing anything with that part of your life, or you're just too busy with other stuff, or what's the story? Uh, you told I'm, me about the last time you had gone on a date with the girl that you met on the online thing and all. Yeah, that's pretty much how I meet everybody. Uh, Has there been any? Uh, well, I have a pseudo date tonight, kind of. Tonight? Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. A pseudo date. Yeah, just a, a girl I know. Uh, I hung out with her a few years ago, uh, a few times, and then we sort of lost touch. And then uh, she uh, found me online recently. And was, How you been? And everything. And uh, I was like, Yeah, well, we can hang out sometime. And she said she was free this Thursday. And then, um, where are you going? Well, we're going to a comedy club. Is that the thing? As I was like, Well, I I'm going to this show on Thursday. So if you want to come along, I mean, that's cool. And she was like, yay. So it actually has turned into, I mean, originally I was going to go because it was some friends of mine performing. And then the headliner was this a guy, his name is Todd Glass. And he's really good. And I've never seen him live. But um, about a, about an hour ago, I got a call from the promoter who said that Todd Glass can't headline. Um, so Louis C.K. is going to instead. So now I'm really, really excited to go. 
I've never heard of any of these people, but that doesn't mean they're not famous. Well, Louis C.K. is huge right now. Um, he does a new album every year for the last about five years. He's put out a new DVD of full, fresh hour material every year. He's also uh, got a show on um, FX called Louis. Uh, the first season uh, finished almost a year ago, or I don't know, maybe earlier this year. And then um, the second season is coming up, I think, in about two months or something. It's really good. It's just um, it's kind of yeah. autobi- it's kind of autobiographical, but obviously, you know, exaggerated and silly. Um, it's not a sitcom. It doesn't have you know the, uh, a set with you know voice you know uh, audience laughter or anything else like that. It's it's a one. It was like a single camera following him around, and he you know. I say. By the way, we went to see this new movie with Will Farrell where he plays a serious kind of part. Hmm. It's called um, Everything Must Go. And what it is is he gets fired from his job, and when he gets home from firing, getting fired from his job, all of his stuff is on the front lawn. Wow. His wife has taught. In fact, you never see his wife in the entire movie. Hmm. She she throws out all the stuff, so he doesn't. He ends up with no car, no money. He's checking his his, his uh, uh, credit card account's been put on lock on hold by the wife. He can't get in his house because he has no keys, so he lives on the front lawn during <laughs> the movie. <laughs> it's a really interesting concept because although I didn't live on the front lawn, I have had clothes and belongings dumped on the front lawn not by your mom no certainly not i would remember that yeah but uh i know things like that happen you know yeah so it it was it was it was really good because you don't picture will farrell in this part too much well he did uh i'm trying to think what was that other serious role he did with uh Zoe. You know what's weird? What's weird? Just to tell you, I plugged in the the my photo photo thing, and it doesn't work now. Your photo thing? You know my uh, camera. Oh, well, you probably have to um, you probably have to like restart Skype for that to recognize it. Well, there it is. I see what it is. I had to move the uh, I had to move the little cursor down. No, all right. Well, there you go. Let me see. I just want to see if this is going to interrupt our show here. All right. Because we were going along pretty good there. Right? So. Plus, you get to see me in all my splendor and everything. Of course. Yes, the green and pink striped shirt. <laughs> green and pink? Well, that's what it looks like from here. It's yeah, probably gray not, and Not exactly pink. green, but anyway. I, mean, I, I was, was trying green. to remember. There was a movie he did a few years ago where he played a serious role. Oh, it was the one where... Uh, Stranger Than Fiction. You ever see that one? Stranger Than Fiction. What was the, it about? The, the woman was writing a book that turned out to be his life. No. So she, so she was I didn't writing his life Jenny, in real time. I thought it was one of those movies that she saw, and I went somewhere else to another movie. All right. Well, you didn't miss much. No, I remember seeing the the, uh, the trailer for that, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea of it seemed like it had possibilities, but I had a feeling it was not going to make it because it was he was like the character in the book or something yeah he it's just so happened that when she was writing the book uh, 
apparently she ended up basically yeah he matched the character and then so whatever she wrote about would happen to him and so he was kind of begging her to write him a better life and i, uh, see. I got you never mind don't even go into yeah, it that's it's, the word the thing that bothered me is that they didn't ever explained anything they that's like if you drag me to a weird premise in what's supposed to be real world and just this weird thing happens in it i'm gonna need some explanation and when you yeah. don't give me one, then I'm like, ah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but think, wouldn't it be crazy if I'm like, yeah, 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 but why? And I think the whole movie basically would have been the guy going, yeah, yeah, I get it. But just think if it, you know, if it did yeah. happen that way. <laughs> and I'd, I'd be sitting there screaming at him, but why? I don't know. I'm just did saying. You say, did you say you saw the movie about the the guy who's kind of falls for a woman online it's got the little girl that's the artist, and he yeah, travels yeah. to her house. What was the name of that movie? Swordfish? Is that right? So, Catfish. Catfish, that's right, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about We already talked about that movie. But <laughs> somebody was asking me about it this week, yeah. and uh, they were thinking about getting the DVD. Apparently, it's at Netflix or something, one of those kiosk things. Right. And I told them to get it. It's worth getting just because it's so strange, yeah. you know. Well, don't tell me what it's about. I said, no, I'm not going to tell you, but it's worth getting. Yeah. And just the fact that they explained the catfish thing, I thought was wonderful. That was good. I like that yeah. part of it. Yeah, that was good. It, it, it was it, it was unusual enough to be to be a decent movie. Now, last night on HBO, I watched the replay of Too Big to Fail, which is based on the best-selling book about the bailout of the financial industry in wall street and it's about the you know how close we came to a total catastrophe and i must say only somebody like me would enjoy going watching the movie because it's you know it is all about finance and stuff but at the same time they really because of the cast a terrific cast and because of the cast and them actually even looking like somewhat the characters was amazing uh it made it just very real and also it kind of enlightened you to a very complex subject which has to do with derivative trading and they were able to do it in such a way that just about anybody watching it could understand it which i didn't think was possible to tell you the truth because <laughs> it is complicated but uh, was, uh, William Hurt played the main character. Uh, Paulson is uh, the uh, secretary of the uh, uh, Treasury anyway, Interior. Tre Treasury Secretary. <coughs> Paulson. Hmm. I read an interesting book to do with that whole thing, and it had to do with Goldman Sachs, the big, powerful, overwhelmingly powerful investment bank that's got its tentacles in everybody's cake and uh so that was the thing that taught me most about it was that 900 page book i read <laughs> about it but this thing was really you know hbo i gotta give them credit when they get ready to do something i mean it's good it's usually very good yeah i i thought that the uh too big to fail i thought that was a documentary well it is a documentary from the standpoint that it's about a true thing but it's not a documentary yeah. doc but it had the actual characters, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, uh, I, I... It is amazing how they had these people look. The people they picked for the parts 
actually resembled the people. I mean, it was really well done. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they did that, but uh, it was. Hmm. I mean, they would make up. They they got uh, amazing things. Yeah, I think the hair is a big thing. You know, like Paulson is bald headed. So, of course, William Hurt is pretty thin as it is, but they had him in that ball look. So he looked just like Paulson. And they had Giamatti playing uh, the head of the Federal Reserve. Uh, what's his name? Bernanke. All right. Giamatti played him with the gray beard. I swear, I thought it was him. I mean, it was amazing. He's yeah. getting to be one of my favorite actors, by the way. Yeah, Giamatti's Paul amazing. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he's amazing. He's really, he's really good at it. It's trying to cut out again. Yeah, I turned off my video, too. So. Oh, okay. Figure, you know, we'll see if we can get this, you know, another 15 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, now, the other thing I want to mention to you is it just so happens that tonight is the second Mavs game, Mavericks. Mm. basketball against the Miami Heat. They lost game one by eight points. <clears throat> it was a pretty good game, but they didn't play very well, really. Okay. Well, that's so that's good. tonight today. Oh, are you, uh, are you, do you have any thoughts on Shaq retiring via well, Twitter? <laughs> the biggest thing I can tell you about Shaq is Shaq is an LSU guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. They forget about it, but he played for LSU, graduated from LSU, actually. And they just now that he's retiring, in fact, they start, they've already started building it. They're putting a huge statue in front of the basketball auditorium of him on the campus. And what's strange about it, the, boy, the basketball auditorium is named after Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete. So you're going to have Shaquille's statue in front of the Maravich Assembly Center or whatever they call it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, I like Shaq. I mean, I don't think there's anybody alive that doesn't like Shaq because he's, you know, he's, he's he's like a big kid. Yeah, you he know, seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, huh? He seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, he's just he he's got a real good demeanor about him, and he's he's always making jokes about stuff, and he doesn't take himself real seriously. You know, he just kind of he's just real good joke. I think he's actually played in a couple of movies or TV shows or something. He did have some movie in the, I think it was late 90s, called either Shazam or Kazam, where he was like a oh, genie. Oh, he played genie or something? Yeah, that was the one. No, I didn't see it, but I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. His dad was in the uh, Marine Corps, and they lived around different places, and he grew up in San Antonio, actually. And... uh Ended up getting recruited by LSU to play basketball, and that's where he went to college. Just mm-hmm. kind of strange. Hmm. But there he is, Shaquille O'Neal, 19 years. And, boy, I can remember when he was in college, so that 19 years went by a little bit too quick for me. <laughs> <coughs> Same way with my, uh, you know, my, uh, she's actually would be considered my second cousin, although she calls me uncle. Uh, you know, I told you graduated from Mississippi, University of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And when I, I I forwarded the little uh, announcement thing she emailed me, I forwarded it to Sheila, and Sheila's reply was, "Wow, that four years went by in a hurry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tends to. Yeah. Oh man, 
I think when Shaq started uh, in college, rather, uh, I, I was probably around the same time that I stopped really paying attention to sports and stopped collecting ba- ba- baseball and basketball cards. Yeah, whatever. Well, if that's been 20 years ago, that's about when it was, yeah. Yeah, well, 13. Yeah. Well, no, uh, 98? Not, no, 80, 80. Well, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. No, no, that would have been uh, 90. Two, 92. 20 years. Yeah, 92. Yeah. Yeah. So. Would be 91, 92 would be 20 years. Yeah. Now, um, also, did you remember Riley's birthday? Uh, actually, no. And Meredith even told me, hey, Riley's birthday is tomorrow. And I thought, okay, I'll have to call her tomorrow. And then I didn't because I'm a bad uncle. Well, I missed it by a day myself. So I feel pretty bad about it. But. But you did call. I ha- I still haven't. Yeah, I called and I sent an email, but I don't get any replies. So. Mm, I see. I don't even know whether I have the correct email address. But, you know, you always get that notice if you send it to the wrong, you know, if you had the wrong name or something. Yeah, yeah. They send you that notice. Well, I didn't get the notice, so the email went to somebody. <laughs> but um, Somebody's I never, uncle. I, I never get a reply from any of the grandkids about anything, really. Right. I think the only one that's good at that is Kelly. Right. Because she, she, uh, she keeps me informed about stuff that's going on in her world. Well, she's in college, right? Or she's like out of college. She's a school teacher. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, then she's at home on the computer at nights because she's doing schoolwork stuff. So there you go. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, everybody's on a computer or on a phone or something. I mean, to send me a note once a year or something would be a whole hard thing to do. I don't know. I didn't have email at that age. I have no idea. (laughs) No idea if I would have done anything. Uh, I mean, I I try to be pretty good about my email, but I'm not all that great about it. I, I have my moments, you know. Well, I know that I send you these pieces. The last one was pretty large. Yeah. But um, yeah, I read, I skimmed it, and I was like, "Don't care," and just closed it. Well, it was an interesting thing that uh, I'm a big fan of David Mamet. He wrote the screenplay for one of my favorite movies, The Verdict, as well as Glenn Garrigan Ross and Usual Suspects and other terrific movies. He's just a great writer. And uh, it was just interesting that they picked him to, well, he picked them, I guess, to uh, write the fact that he's changed his affiliation. But anyway, I thought I'd send it to you because it was, I thought it was funny and and as well as informative. But you didn't like it. So that's the end of that. Didn't care for it. Now let's talk about Germany. Okay. And what's going on in Germany? I kind of like Germany, actually. Yeah, ditto. Big <clears throat> They're very secular, I like that, or non-secular. Germany has like something like, I want to say, 27 nuclear plants. Okay. Uh, they're getting ready to close every one of them over the next 10 years, nine years. And they're concentrating on hydroelectricity and solar, and solar is going to be their main focus scientifically. Mm-hmm. So all I can think of is I can't think of a better country to bet on to come up with an idea 
from a scientific standpoint than Germany. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're like very good at. Uh, <clears throat> they're very meticulous, yeah. Yeah, and they're very good at the you know science stuff. Mm-hmm. When you think of the companies that are German companies, Siemens, Mercedes Benz, those kind of companies, they're all, you know, ahead of the curve. Let's put it that way as far as invention and innovation and all that stuff. So I have no doubt that uh, they will come up with some genius solar ideas. And, of course, we talked about this before. There's a whole symposium of scientists from, like, 11 different countries that are now meeting about solar. Yeah, yeah. Trying to come up with uh, this uh, the solar cell <clears throat> idea. So anyway, the Germans are so convinced that they're going to do it that they've already announced they're going to close all their nuclear plants because they, they don't want any more. They don't want any problems like Japan has had, just put that way. They're not going to get hit by a tsunami, but, yeah, you know, it's always the tremendous emergency things that happen with those nuclear plants. Yeah. So I, I like Germans. I, in fact, I could probably live in Germany without too much trouble. Yeah. They're not going to be very fond of your religion, but they'll 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 be all right with you. Well, they're Protestants. I mean, no, you know. no, they're 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 pretty much all atheists over there now. Oh no, you can't say that. Well, they're they're very they're very Just uh, because you're talking to some of them on the internet. No, no, they're laws. And you take the whole country, you're talking about a very Christian group of people. Their their laws are very a very separation of church and state. They don't put up with any uh, um, hoogly moogly, you know, no, no mystical anything. You're talking about a whole population. I'm not talking. I'm, ju- I'm talking as as like a culture, culturally, uh, and I think probably post World War II helped a lot in that regard. Culturally, they're they're suspicious of any kind of line of thinking that groups people together as well, a culture. So, like when they when right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna research this for the next time we talk. All right. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. Ninety percent of the population is Christian. I'll give you a perfect example. Ninety uh, percent. Exorcism, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Remember that movie? Uh, kind of. And you didn't have to see it, but it was about a it was about a girl who was supposedly it was like a exorcism that went to court and this whole thing. It was like. Um, I don't think I did see it, but I think it was on. It's been on cable like a million times, but I don't it's, think I, it's, I, it's just terrible. But it, the 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 pitch for the movie was: this is the first woman who was killed by the devil because she died in her exorcism, and wow. um, <laughs> they took those parents to the, those parents are still in court or still in jail to this day um, for the terrible things they did to their daughter. They didn't buy any part of that exorcism crap for even a minute. Yeah, they they didn't uh, they didn't go well. They maybe jail. they went to jail for killing the daughter. Yep, for gross negligence and child abuse. Wow. They would they would do things where they would make her um, do these prayers, where she had to drop to her knees and say a prayer very quickly, and she had to do it like almost like working out like reps. She had to You're gauging the entire culture on this. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. What I'm saying is that there are stories. There are many stories like that where the courts don't buy into uh, hoodoo and uh, hogwash and whatnot. They're very, again, when you're grouping people, when people come together under a group think, which is like religion, uh, Germany as a culture uh, post-World War II has become increasingly skeptical of any line of thinking like that. 
And they're very, they keep an eye out for that stuff. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a statistic of Christians before World War II and Christians after World War II. And you're going to find out there's more now than there was before. In Germany specifically or yeah, everywhere? in Germany. Okay, we'll see. Yes, you will find that out. I'll, 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 I'll let you know well, next time. To be time. fair, they would have, you know, you know, if you're talking as a percentage of the population, they would, there's going to be a lot less Jews after World War II. So, obviously, a higher percentage. Yeah, of but the, Jews don't count in the Christian count. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, as a percentage of the country, if there's, if 20% of the country was Christian before World War II, and 30% was Jewish, or even 20%, let's say, even Stephen. Yeah, but the Jews did not make up that big of a percentage of the total. I'm just I mean, saying, you're, of you're talking, course, the percentage. About two or three percent max. You're not talking about a lot of people when you're talking about the Jews in Germany. It's a very minor figure. Oh, man, we're not going down this line of thought. But anyway. Look, no, we, so, we really shouldn't. But, no, uh, but uh, what I'm saying is, I mean, that, is the point I wanted to make was Germany seems like the kind of country where you could actually live, you know, in a, in a, in a in somewhat of a Western-style yeah. cultural country. But I like the fact that, you know, me being a sports guy, I'm always amazed at the German athletes. I mean, you know, we have a guy that's on our team from Germany, on the Mavericks team, Dirk Nowinski. Oh, Dirk. He's, he's seven feet tall, but he plays like a guy that's six feet tall. In other words, he's, he shoots from outside. He's got a real good touch. He's very good at free throws. He's very agile. I used to make fun of that guy whenever I saw him on TV. He's a tremendous athlete. And then Steffi Graf they had. It was the great tennis player, probably the greatest female tennis player of all time. Boris Becker was a bad was a tennis player. I mean, it, they got this guy Keimer that's the golfer right now, a young guy that won the PGA Championship in America last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just – in fact, when you see these guys, they look like these Aryan things that the Aryans are supposed to look like. They got right. blonde blue eyes, and they're real, you know, they got good physiques, you know. I just kind of like Germans. I don't know why. I, I even like Asians now, so I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm very pro-Asian. I told you that last time. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. They're there. They, they got this stuff together, those Asians. Yeah. In fact, we just bought a big screen TV, or a flat screen. It's not very big. But, uh. The guy that helped us was an Asian guy. Right. He was able to give me all the scoop on how to work the thing, you know. Sure, sure. So anyway, that's the end of my topic list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven topics I just covered. There you go. I just had movies, really. Uh, had movies. I was just going to see if you'd seen either Thor or Hangover 2. No, I'm not going to see either one of those. Really? I saw the one on, on cable. Yeah, you liked I, it. It was entertaining, but the guy I bet on is my Wall Street Journal guy, Joe Morganson. Uh -huh. he, he, he usually speaks the word, as far as I'm concerned, with movies. And he said Hangover 2 is probably the worst movie made in the last decade. I don't know. I wouldn't go that he liked, far. He liked Hangover 1. so Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was the worst, but it definitely wasn't good. I, I knew going in, I said... Uh, I said to my friend, I said, this is a cash grab sequel. There's nobody who they tapped to do the sequel that would have said no. 
not the director, producer, nobody involved would have said no to a part. Oh, they're going to make a fortune off the movie. Now, by the way, before we get off the movies, this weekend, we will be sitting in the movie watching the latest Woody Allen epic. Oh, he's got a new one out. Filmed in Paris. It's called Midnight in Paris. I watched the trailer last week when we were at the theater. It's supposed to be like one of his best in many, many years, and he could use one of his best in many, many years. And it's got that guy, uh, Owen Wilson, in it, who's actually from Dallas. His whole family lives in Dallas. And um, he's got all kind of people in the movie. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I was watching it. What it is is he's doing it like he did Manhattan for New York with the, with the scenery of the famous places in New York, mm-hmm. kind of New York tone to the movie well that's what he's doing with paris and if you notice the last half dozen movies that he's done have all been shot in europe and there's a reason for that he's much more popular in europe than he is here they say the same thing about jerry lewis yeah jerry lewis is like a god or something over there in france 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 just love jerry lewis but yeah, Woody, uh, I think what it is is they don't condemn Woody for marrying his stepdaughter over there. The way I don't feel like people condemn him out here. It's mostly just a weird joke. It is strange to me, but I think it's mostly a joke. I don't think anybody takes it seriously. I think they're... Well, let me just tell you, in Texas, I'm, I mean, I've had people actually get angry at me because I say nice things about Woody Allen. I mean, I got pictures of him right here in my room. Yeah. And... uh the uh, the Baptist that won't let you drink before noon on Sunday, they don't like Woody Allen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't like booze before noon on Sunday, so to hell with them. Well, you know, I, I had forgotten completely about it, and I had was going to get Jenny some wine that I had forgotten to get on Friday. So Sunday morning after church, I stopped at the store, and it was like 10 o'clock. And I got that big old jug of wine and a couple of things, and I'm at the checkout, and she goes, now, sir, you know, you can't have that wine. It's before noon. I said, you know, I feel like I'm living in the 20s or something. I mean, yeah. that is so weird, man. I don't like drinking laws of any kind. I know, but what, what, I, I don't understand that law. That That's, to me, that's so, that's so outdated, it's unbelievable. I mean, that's, no, you that's should like do. dialing your phone on one of those rotary things. <laughs> Well, I, when I went to Salt Lake City um, very briefly a few years back, kind of stopped through there, and it was middle of the day, and I stopped into a restaurant because all the bars were closed, and I was on the main street there. There was nobody out because it was raining. Went into this restaurant, and uh, I was like, yeah, just, you know, grab a bite to eat, get a drink. And uh, <laughs> the lady just kind of looked at me, and she goes, what, what do you mean? I was like, you know. A drink, like, I don't know, vodka, cranberry, rum and coke, uh, something, you know, <laughs> something like white Russian. I don't, you know, I'm not really particular, whatever you got, you know. And she's all, um, I'll be right back. And so she comes back out and she's like, <laughs> what did you, what were you going to eat? I said, I, I was just thinking uh, some fries, you know, something. Uh, is that cool? She's like, yeah, we have, we have French fries. I was like, okay, so French fries and a rum and coke. She's like, okay, hold on. So she goes in the back, and she goes back out, and she goes, okay. They said that it's okay because technically the fries constitute a meal. <laughs> oh, you have the drink. You got to have a meal with the drink. You got to have a meal with well, the drink. Well, let me tell you something. We just had an election about a month ago here, 
there was a thing on the local ballot to allow restaurants south of I-20, which is where I live, to serve booze at the restaurant. You can't, we you can't we just voted on that. North of I-20, which is still Arlington, it's okay. South of I-20, we had to have a separate law. God almighty. To let the restaurant sell booze. <laughs> uh, I maintain that any any laws against drinking at certain times is just going to create more drunk drivers and and problems. Well, it doesn't. It has no effect on, like, alcoholics or something. I mean, it's well, not anything not. that's really having... It's not really doing anything is what I'm saying. I mean, there's nobody that wants to drink that's going to not drink because he can't buy he can't buy it in in uh, before twelve on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. There's a stockpile on Saturday. We know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I maintain. But I mean, I, think about how antiquated that is. I mean, that terrible. is a that's it's almost hard to believe. Well, that, that's a law. I, I still, I, I think that if you didn't have, for instance, here in Southern California, L.A., where everybody, you have to drive every friggin' where, I maintain that if there weren't a last call, I guarantee you the drinking and driving rates would just bottom <laughs> out. Like, I guarantee you drunk driving accidents, they'd probably rise for like six months because everybody would be like, oh my God, I can drink all the time. But give it a year, uh, they would they would lower dramatically, I feel. Because I think that, I know for a fact, I've seen many times, I've been out at a bar, and you go, hey, you want another drink? And they're like, oh, what time is it? And you go, well, it's uh, 12.45. And they do the math in their head. Okay, let's see. If I have one drink now, 12.45, this place will stop serving in 45 minutes. Uh, then I have to be out of here in an hour. Uh, I have to. They're going to kick me out onto the street. Uh, okay, I'll have one more. <laughs> You know what I mean, or whatever. If it's if it's one thirty, well, uh, the bars you know, I used to go in back. Oh no, we're not losing you now. It's a good combo.